0: Louise Cooney's Open Book, a Go Loud original podcast. Welcome to Open Book presented by Go Loud. I'm Louise Cooney and as you may have heard on last week's episode, Open Book now has on post as our official sponsor and we are so happy about it. This podcast stemmed from the virtual book club I set up during lockdown, and I feel like we've come full circle because I'm delighted to tell you that AmPost is launching their very own book club on TikTok. It's a virtual space where readers can come together and discuss the very best of Irish books. Each month we'll be picking a new Irish book to sink our teeth into so stay tuned for that and kicking off in two weeks our very first book is Dirty Laundry by De Bose. I've actually got a head start, I just started it this week so pick up your copy now and you can actually enjoy an exclusive 10% discount for OnPost book clubbers from select retailers. For info visit onpost.com forward slash book club. This week, I'm delighted to have Vicky Nataro joining me in studio. Vicky was the editor of Stellar Magazine for years, but despite a hugely successful career, she's decided to leave the magazine world to work on her own novel, which I am really excited to read once it's out next year. We're all about honest conversations here in Open Book, and Vicky gave us a great insight into the seemingly glamorous world of fashion and celebrity magazines, and what inspired her decision to walk away from what many would have seen as a dream job. I hope you enjoy Thank you so much, Vicky Nataro, for joining me today on Open Book. I'm so excited to have you on. I haven't seen you in
1: ages. I know. Catch up and hear about what you're up to and what your plans are. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a while. I've been kind of hiding for the past few months and just, we had a big kind of end to 2022 in my former job with a lot of award ceremonies Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So then once they were over, I knew it was time to kind of like hide away and finish my book. And as I was saying to you before we came on the air, I've just finished my first draft. So I'm feeling very good today. (laughs) And it's Friday, so I'm jubilant. So for people who don't know you, you were the editor of
0: Stellar Magazine for years. Yeah, six years, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's a job for the female lead
1: in a rock. It's a lot of people's, like, (laughs) dream job. What was it like? Oh, it was amazing. Like, you know, I was working at Stellar and its baby sister, Kiss, for people that remember that, um, on and off for, like, 15 years. So Stellar has been a part of my life for as long as it's been around. I was in the first issue. I was at the the launch party and I was a columnist for years in my 20s, writing about 20-something things, you know, which Mm -hmm. is very (laughs) rom-com. And, yeah, it was amazing. And when I went back as editor at the start of 2017... I was just in a place in my life where I really wanted something kind of constant and, you know, secure, I guess. And, and Stella was always a great love of mine. So I was really happy to go back as editor. But yeah, last year, I think after the pandemic, everything just changed for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I just had to kind of reassess where I was in my life and where I wanted to go. And did I want to keep doing something that I've been doing for 15 years? And... Mm-hmm. I just felt like I was ready for a change. But I always say I'm very kind of like flexible and fluid with my attitude to Mm -hmm. employment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like maybe in a few years I'll want like an office job again. But I was just ready to kind of let it go. And not only that, I was ready to kind of like freshen it up because I felt in a way that I was holding the magazine back. You know, I'm 37 now and it's a young gal's mag. So the current editor now Megan she's been with us for years and I kind of watched her grow into the woman that could you know take over the magazine mm-hmm. and she's doing an amazing job so yeah everything just felt very right it felt like the time to go
0: Yeah I feel like nobody has forever jobs Exactly it's nice to be able to change things up and then
1: just to get a new perspective and yeah. new learnings and then God only knows where the road Exactly and I'd been running the whole company for three and a half years yeah. and that I didn't love that side of the job at all Were you the all. editor of VIP magazine I well? was the managing director of the company Right. So VIP has a brilliant editor called Bianca Likes, and she looks after, you know, the magazine in its entirety. But I was running the business side of things. And I was kind of in charge of developing the business a bit more. So, you know, doing events, doing podcasts, Mm -hmm. bringing new, I guess, revenue streams in and and, and like promoting the brands overall. And I didn't love, I actually did like that side of things, but I didn't love being a boss of that many people. Okay. I'm not a natural boss. I'm a bit of a pushover. If someone came to me giving out, I'd like take that home with me, you know? So I just realized. Realised after I'd been doing it three and a half years, I felt like I'd done all I could in that role. I thought to myself, "Well, I just step back from the MD part? Mm. And then I said, no, do you know what? I want to make a break. Like, I want to do something else. Yeah. And then very kind of serendipitously, the universe had my back. <laughs> I got an opportunity to write my first novel.
0: Yeah. So. It's amazing. I remember when I was in school and I was in college, working in a magazine was my dream. Yeah, job. I was I probably it is a to dream mu- job. Too much of the hills. I went yeah. and did communications <laughs> in DCU and I was the editor of the fashion magazine there. It was always just my dream. And I'm saying I mean yeah. say now, it was a very bad editing job I did. Like we didn't even we do shoots and we wouldn't even put in where the clothes were from <laughs> or anything like that, you know.
1: But it was it was it was fun. How did you get into all of it? Oh God, so I've always been very precocious and annoying and I remember being, heading into my final year in college I was doing a degree in Trinity in film and English and I didn't love college, it was very kind of, I felt very kind of lonely and isolated and big campus, lots of people who kind of knew each other I always felt like a bit of an outsider, Mm -hmm. I used to get the Lewis like back and forth between classes (laughs) to to Dalla like, and I just didn't love it so I was saying to myself look you've been you know doing this college thing for I'd I'd actually repeated a year because I'd failed Italian and thought I was the biggest failure of all time and I'd switched into English and film. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, right, you've been in college for five years. This will be your fifth year. You better do something with your life. So being the eager and annoying person I am, I just started emailing lots of people that worked in cool places mm-hmm. looking for a job. Mm-hmm. And I got down to the final two for a Google internship, a paid internship, and God knows where that would have taken me. Mm. And I also sent an email to Susan who is the editor of Kiss Magazine at the time just saying look I can write I write for the college newspaper here's you know a few examples of my work and do you want me and they said yes I remember Susan (laughs) from Fade Street yes (laughs) Karina Gaffey had a great line in that I'm not the boss Susan's the boss she was scary in Fade Street she was not scary in real life (laughs) that's a throwback I was in the background in a lot of Fade Street scenes yeah wearing the same yellow mustard cardigan that I wore every day (laughs) what a claim to fame I know but like you know the girls didn't actually work there so there's a bit of inside info for you at all (laughs) Um, Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm not supposed to say that. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> I think Bo could tell you yourself. She didn't, she didn't actually work at Stellar. So cool though. It was so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. It was hilarious. Like, but that was the kind of dreamy time. Like yeah. the recession had just hit and things were actually awful. But I was so young and I was living out of home for mm-hmm. the first time and you know I was making a small bit of money and I had great friends and work mm-hmm. and we just had a ball. We went to events four or five nights a week. Like. Yeah, print was really thriving. It was. That was before, you know, like there was the digital kind of revolution where websites were happening but it was pre-social media really like. What was that like working in print when you started to see the switch or you were wor- maybe worried, anxious
0: about are these still going to be around in a couple yeah, of years? Yeah, I
1: don't remember worrying at the time. Like, I, I remember things were great. Like, I mean, advertising didn't really take a hit until kind of Snapchat time, which was, was probably 2014, 15.
0: Oh, okay. okay
1: yeah. yeah, around that time, brands started kind of looking for other avenues for their money. Right. But that just meant we had to get more creative. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, magazines, they're still profitable or else they wouldn't be around. Yeah. That's the baseline. But they're a lot harder. I don't know if you've noticed this. They're a lot harder to find these days. Like, you have to go hunting for your oh, favourite yeah, magazine. shops
0: don't have them. And when do shops not have magazines?
1: This Some is- shops have the neck to call themselves a the news and not stock media which is bizarre but look I get it from a business point of view there's not great markup on print media um, so the government are doing their, their bit they're kind of like trying to reduce fat and stuff to encourage retailers to stock them but it's a business at the end of the day and I mean I think I always say I feel like I missed the glory days by about six months like about mm-hmm. six months before I joined they were all off on like a company trip in Barcelona I never went on a company trip well, Wow. <laughs> you know? so yeah but like from day dot it was brilliant like I had an absolute ball I never knew about press drops I think nowadays a lot of people know far more about the media than they used to because of social media Yeah, you know in the good old days journalists would be getting brought on a two week jolly champagne all day every day and didn't have to disclose any of it mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so and they just use images like that were kind of sent from your exactly use a pure image it was like, just a holiday basically totally to- and like <laughs> it's a perk because the wages in print have never been amazing I've yes. not in this Century anyway. Well, yeah, no, it's There deserve, are perks to the job, you yes. know? But yeah, I, I don't think I was ever around for the true glory days, which really bothers me because I would have loved to be, I would have loved to be, you know, around when they were literally like printing out articles and pasting them to a board and that was how you sent it to print. Mm. Like the pre digital days entirely, I would have loved because I'm such a nerd. I'd love to see like a movie about that or, you know. Well, maybe I'll write one. Maybe you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the plan.
0: How has it changed? Like, I know you were the editor of Stellar for six years. Yeah. How has it changed from
1: those six years ago to where you left it off oh so much oh my god like the actual magazine hasn't changed that much it's a bit more I guess mm, it's almost pretty much the same like I think things change naturally over time if I look back at an issue of Stellar from 2008-2009 I might be shocked by some of the like diet content and stuff oh, in god, it. Yeah, like, it like wipe your burger because there's you know get some of the fat off like that kind of stuff yeah everyone's cringing when I say that like we had none of that, obviously. So I think things just naturally... The editorial content just naturally changed with the times. It's yes, not so funny? I know, so in a magazine. I know. And like that was hilarious. it. Like, that's what I grew up with. You know, that's mm. what I grew up reading. And like ex- I remember exercises in magazines. Yeah, <laughs> but so. that's okay. That's still wellness. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, But okay. it doesn't Nothing happen, happen anymore, exercise. though. It does sometimes. It's difficult to shoot, if I'm honest. So people, <laughs> people do it a lot better on social media. On cause YouTube. You can see everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think with magazines, you have to really know your strengths. Like, what do they bring to the table that nothing else can Mm -hmm. and that to me is good writing and beautiful photography Mm -hmm. so that's the kind of stuff we took but I mean in terms of like the industry and the brands like you'll know I kind of switched very early on into having influencers on the cover Mm -hmm. and that was something that that nobody else was doing I did it because people weren't buying magazines with A-list celebrities on them anymore which really shocked me Yeah, like I went back to Stellar at the start of 2017 I had Ariana Grande I had Lady Gaga I had Jennifer Lopez I had Mila Kunis on the cover and they just weren't selling great but they were images you bought I bought yeah Yeah. you buy them from photo agencies all over the world how much did you pay? depends on the picture 800,000 Depends. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. But like they're such beautiful pieces. Like they're basically cast offs from other shoots. Yeah. So they might have appeared in a shoot for Vogue or Elle or Cosmopolitan mm-hmm. US and the photographer then has the rights to sell them on yeah. internationally with credit. Um so you're getting really expensive images. And can you remember the first influencer you had on the cover? So Suzanne Jackson was on just before I took over as editor and that was a kind of test. Mm. But they split the run with that one and they also had Kim Kardashian on the cover because I think the owner wasn't 100% convinced that people would buy an influencer cover. So Suzanne was probably the first big one. Who did I have as my first? Maybe Rosie Connolly? Rosie Connolly. I had her in a Healy, which was kind of a, she's a pop star as well. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a a test as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Suzanne was probably my first big one where I was like, right, we're going, we did her like a year later for Christmas. And that one flew. So something clicked in my head and I said, people are really nosy. Myself included. I guess so, and okay. we want to know about... And us as Irish people. Yes. Almost, yeah. And we want to know about these people that we spend so much time, you know, watching their lives in mm-hmm. a non-creepy way. Yeah. So you were a very early one. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaylee Mua was a very early one. Aideen Kate. Yeah, Rosie... There's loads, I'm forgetting. And you obviously found that they worked because you kept doing it. They sold. Yeah. Yeah. People bought them. I had Ross Purcell, who again at the time had profile as a model but also more so as an influencer. I had everyone, really, like and it's still working, obviously, because Megan chose Neve Cullen. And let's just take
0: a little step back into the glory days of when things were a little bit different and it was kind of more celebrity focused. Can you tell us about some of the cool interviews that you've done? Yeah.
1: So most of them were for KISS. Yeah. Because Kiss was a real teeny bopper magazine and obviously they're massive fans of everything. They're obsessed with everything at that age. And they used to beg us to put certain people on the cover. And that was always really interesting because it was like having a little focus group. On It was all on Facebook. Mm. Focus group on Facebook every single month. So I got to do amazing things. I got to fly to Paris to see Justin Bieber perform in the Eiffel Tower. He wasn't very nice. Now, what? he was only about 14 or 15 at the time, so okay. we'll cut him some slack. But yeah. he was in a humour he had the floppy hair at the time and I said to him oh your hair's lovely it's like Zac Efron's and he was like no <laughs> <laughs> and then he was complaining about his allergies but I have allergies so I was like it's okay Justin Babe's like you're only a new baby he was yeah. a baby you know I felt bad I him. loved him then and then I met him a couple of years later when he performed here at the it was the O2 at the time oh I saw that and part. it was around the time of the Selena like romance the early days around that but yeah it was just before I left so yes <laughs> you know and he was totally different he was gamey he was like giving us all the glad eye and yeah I was probably I was probably about 25 26 at the time but he was he was flirtatious by that stage so oh that was really interesting to watch his kind of trajectory yeah but like I've interviewed everyone like I interviewed One Direction in the Sony boardroom out in Balls Bridge and what do you, what do you remember of that I remember Harry Styles looking down my top Stop. and saying "Ooh, lovely jubblies yeah swear to god <laughs> sometimes I think I imagined it my friend Natalie was with me and she says I did not imagine it that happened oh my God. <laughs> and I remember actually Niall being really sweet and earnest and nice and being like come on lads the girls just want to do their care. job but yeah he's yeah. got to be respectful but he was 17 years old like he was just like Therapy. the girls trying to do their job stop messing like to the rest of them I remember Louis was applying bronzer um, to he was contouring a man after my own yeah. Earth, yeah, but yeah it was that was looking back that was just like in a boardroom in an office building uh-huh. I interviewed so many cool people in that wooden boardroom like Calvin Harris Alexander Burke Jay, all the X Factor people yeah. JLS yeah. Jedward my angels love my baby Jedwards who are now grown men it's so weird I flew to Munich to interview Katy Perry like back in the day the journalists got all the cool gigs that the influencers get now <laughs> you know like mm. the going to Cannes going to mm-hmm. all of that sort of mm-hmm. thing so, and was there anyone else that you met that you were really shocked by? Oh god. No, I th- oh, I'm, Calvin Harris was a bit strange. He had it was this was pre-makeover. So, he was just this really tall, awkward, pale Scottish guy and he just kept like making really rude jokes and I was like, this interview is for Kiss, can you stop? Um, but no, everyone's quite nice. Like, I don't have any horror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an actor called Alex Pettyfer. He was in the first Magic Mike, gorgeous-looking guy, but he was a bit of a Dick, if I'm allowed to swear, he was a bit of a meanie. Um, because I asked him very innocently, like, "Who's your favourite actor? Who do you look up mm. to?" And he said some guy's name, and I'd never heard of him. Now, thankfully, I googled the guy because he was a porn star. Oh my god, stop! Which was very uncool. I imagine you put that. In imagine I put that in the child's magazine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he was probably a bit annoying, but like everyone's promoting stuff, mm. so they're on their best behaviour. Yeah,
0: you know. What about in Ireland? Have you ever interviewed anyone that's surprised you? In
1: Ireland, my first ever real life interview was Brezzy. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know him at all at the time. I would think I was 22 years old, green as the grass. Like and I just strutted into Universal Music to interview him and I remember literally being lost for breath because <laughs> he was gorgeous. This was when he was playing rugby and he was tanned and beautiful. And I remember and now being he's like, in is he? Oh, he no. <laughs> still a ride, Brez, still a ride. But this was, you know, I didn't know him. Yeah. So I, I remember just physically being stunned by his his physicality. Okay. And he was so lovely to me. And like we chatted for way longer than we should have. I, I bet I was dribbling, like it was probably embarrassing. But <laughs> he's he's great. And now look at all he's done. Yeah. Mental health is yeah. great, I always knew he was a good one. Yeah. Um but yeah, again, everyone in Ireland, like I, I interviewed Niall Horn a few more times. I, you know, you do these interviews backstage at festivals. Like I remember interviewing Codeline and just having the lols with them because they're just Irish lads from yeah. swords. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I think that kind of wherever you go in the world, if you meet another Irish person, it's just that's just what it's like yeah. for me anyway. It's just like, all right, woo! Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's been a wild trip. But my favourite actually ever interview, ever. Was Marion Keyes. Oh my God, I love They say Marian- you should never meet your heroes, but you should meet Marion if she's your hero because yeah. she's the very best. And she invited me out to her house in Dunleary beautiful, very eclectic, very in my taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just so kind to me. She gave me a scarf from her wardrobe because she said it would look nice on me. And I've okay. since learned that this is something that she does. She's a terrible woman for just giving away her stuff. Like an Alexander McQueen pink scarf, like fabulous. And she insisted on driving me to the Dart afterwards in her little Fiat 500. She's just an angel. Yeah. So she, that was a really like, you know, kind of full circle moment for me where I was like, I cannot believe. 15-year-old me knew I'd be sitting in Marion Key's gaff, you know, she'd be beside herself. Sure. So I remember to be beside myself in real life.
0: Mm. <laughs> you know? I'm sure she's... Like a big inspiration for you now Absolutely. when you're when you're writing your book.
1: Yeah, and the fact that I'm able to like drop her a text is wild to me. Like it's wild. Yeah. And one of my early editors, my earliest editor, Sarah Breen, she wrote the Ashling books with Emer McLeic. Yes. So she's one of my close friends like so to have her you can lean on her totally and like I try not to too much because I'm very I'm like I'm not copying you Sarah even though I am but it's amazing to just be able to ask her silly questions like well not silly questions very important ones like do I need an agent you know how do I go about this and I went for a long walk with her yesterday and She's just, yeah, she's someone who's always kind of accidentally, I, I call her mom to piss her off because she hates it. Um, she's just been somebody who's always been such a positive influence in my mm. life and one of the most important lessons I've learned from Sarah was just not to take it all too seriously. Like just, you know, none of it is life and death. It's just a job.
0: I know. I think
1: that can apply to
0: every work that you're in and it's, I think especially when you're passionate about something it's yes. hard to... When you, like you over
1: I don't know about, like your, your life is you know, you're sharing your whole life so it yeah. is actually your identity. Yeah. For me I was over identifying with the job mm-hmm. and that took a lot of you know therapy and just like a lot of thinking and writing to kind of say you are not this magazine you are you are your own person with mm. your own goals and you know the magazine's performance isn't you when mm. somebody comments in the mm-hmm. magazine they're not commenting on you so yeah I had to do that and I uh, that kind of once I had detached myself a bit I said to myself am I actually enjoying the day-to-day of this anymore yeah and I realized I think it was when we were coming in when I was looking at the latter half of the year last summer and the thoughts of doing another Christmas gift guide which used to fill me with glee I was just like oh, another gift guide what theme am I going to do this year you know mm. and I just thought you know what if, you, if you're not absolutely loving it anymore you're in a position that's quite privileged in that you know you don't you, you can get another job mm-hmm. you know this isn't the be all and end all and I think once that passion was gone I, or go or dwindling anyway, I knew it was time to go.
0: I think it's natural. It's natural to feel that way, you know, especially after a certain number of years. But it's such a brave move to do that and to try something new. And you like no matter what happens, I don't think you'll regret it because you learn so,
1: so much. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've I don't been think doing this influencing gig for, however I, I hate saying that. but you know, How you know, long?
1: Before it was even called. A, exactly. Like, you, know what I mean? um, you were a blogger, first of all. Well,
0: I started the blog in like 2014. Right. So nearly 10 years Nearly, yeah. It's mad. And then I'm full-time probably six, seven years. Yeah. So, like, for me, it's changed a lot. There's definitely been times where I'm like, do I want to do this? And then, I, yeah. you know, I started Clue and I started, you know, Six, Seven spirits. We've got the podcast to keep things interesting. Exactly, it's, you it's have to. New and learnings.
1: Like, and. That's where the the awards came for for me, the Instastar Awards and the Power of Women Awards, mm. which I started during the pandemic, which was smart. <laughs> um, but that was just an effort to kind of keep things fresh for me. Yeah. And we had a podcast called The Glow Up, which people loved. It was about beauty. Mm-hmm. And that was another, you know, attempt mm-hmm. to keep things fresh. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, what I love to do is write. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I, the kind of higher I rose in the ranks and becoming MD, I was writing less. Yeah, And writing is what makes me happy. So, you know, I, I just knew that I had to find my way back mm-hmm. to doing that in some way. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, you know, there's a big wide world out there. But at the moment, I feel very zen about it all. I'm like, you absolutely made the right decision. Your decision has now, like... Allowed other people's dreams to come yeah. true. Yeah. But don't worry, I'm not becoming a content creator. <laughs> I'd be awful at it. <laughs> you think? I mean I You've got all the inside scoop. Oh my God, no, I'd be terrible. I'm too self-conscious. I mean, maybe when I was 22, I would have been good at it. But I think I don't. nobody wants me to do that now. <laughs> not not at all. Where do you send out your newsletter? So it's a sub stack. Okay. So it's called Wikipedia. Uh-huh. And it's just about the thoughts that come into my head and it's free. And I literally just write about whatever I want. Okay. I mean, which is lovely. Yeah, am not having to worry about pitching to an editor. Be like, please print this and pay me for it, you know? I have to edit this out. Yeah, or am I going to, like, piss someone off if I mention this? Like, Mm -hmm. I literally just write... It can be silly, it can be deep, it can be kind of celebrity focused, it can be beauty focused, Mm -hmm. it's anything that I want to write and I just put it out every week and it keeps me consistent as well because I know that I want to put that out every Tuesday and it's kind of slowly building an audience that then in turn I hope will buy my book and consume any other content that I put out. I'm sure you've been on some amazing press trips, what have been some of your favourite? I've been on some brilliant press trips and I've been on some awful press trips. The worst one ever was my very first one and it was to a twilight convention in Birmingham and somehow this, I like movie yeah okay. so some that was a big deal for Case obviously it was a huge yeah, deal yeah. but somehow this little convention had managed to get some of the stars over for it so it wasn't Robert and Kristen but it was everybody else it was oh, cool. all of the Cullen siblings like yeah. Ellen Lutz and Ashley Graham and the dad the sexy dad and uh, Kevin McHale no not Kevin it wasn't Kevin McHale or did someone that looked like him maybe it was just someone who looked like him no I met him he was from Glee I met him a different time <laughs> so they would persuaded these stars to come over and the the studio that was distributing the Twilight movie in the UK and Ireland kind of hopped on the back of it. But it was bizarre because <laughs> it was a really lo-fi convention, like mm. and it was for the fans completely. And it was the films hadn't even come out yet, so it was more so about the books. And I went with the intention of interviewing all of the cast for a kiss, which I did, but like they put us up in a, a really like a two-star hotel, and we had I had share a bed with my colleague who so I didn't know very well because we would only been working together a few weeks another oh girl like, and you know they didn't look after you know yourself now when you go on a press trip everything's looked after for you but we had to like book our own trains and our, they didn't book us baggage so we actually missed our flight home and had to like get another flight home. It was, you know, Ryanair and they were mm-hmm. strict about the bag and it was just a bit nightmarish and that might sound really spoiled to somebody who's never been on a press trip but this was work and, you know, I was there to do interviews that were crucial for the magazine mm-hmm. and just the fact that I had to sleep, you know, basically on almost on the floor mm. with a colleague was just really random. Yeah, And I thought that's what press trips were like, right? Yeah. So I was a bit allergic to them after that. <laughs> <laughs> and now I think they're more fabulous now in the Instagram age because everything's really beautiful yeah. and everything's a photo op uh, probably but not best. every time now like I mean obviously some people are just better at organising than others yeah you know? but as I was saying to you before we came on like I'm totally allergic to press trips now because I just don't want to be away unless it's all completely on my terms <laughs> I'm yeah. so spoiled but in, in a way that like I'm just like oh no someone else will get more out of that yes. than I will I think the best one I ever went on was with my best friend Nadia who's an influencer Nadia Daily Self and she is a wine writer and travel and wellness and she does a bit of everything she and I met in school and it's just we've been best friends ever since and it's just gas that we're both kind of in the media together mm-hmm. but she and I went to Rioca with Campo Viejo oh God, to amazing. the vineyards yeah it was beautiful really I beautiful I want
0: to go there that's on my list I was in Bordeaux last year and I went with my mom, and my two sisters and we just had a ball it's
1: so I fun isn't it it was yeah. great great fun <laughs> and this was really press trippy in that they had every kind of hour allocated to doing something so we were staying in a town called Legroño which is near Bilbao and it was like your tip if you imagine like what a lane of tapas bar. Looks like it was just perfect, and uh, it was like just everyone just nibbling and drinking and having a laugh. And then, like, we did you know a sunset dinner in the vineyard really, really beautiful and yeah. Instagrammable. And yeah, that was a highlight.
0: Yeah, that sounds like the dream, that sounds like the press trip you would imagine. You know? Yeah,
1: I mean, like, if you, anyone wants to invite me on ones like that, <laughs> absolutely go. But I mean, you know yourself, they vary.
0: <laughs> Great, are you finding the adjustment to self employment?
1: I am loving it so far. I'm very lucky in that you know. I'm 37 years old, I have a bit of money, you know, my house is bought, I had a wedding. We don't want children, so like our money is very much our own. I actually um, saw you've spoken about that. Yeah, I mean, I used to get asked about it all the time when I was younger. Probably because I was a bit mouthy about it. But mm. the reason I was mouthy about it is because I wanted to normalize it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, not every woman has to become a mother. Mm-hmm. It's not the be all and end all of femininity. In if you way. don't want it, People exactly feel that pressure. You know, you shouldn't have to do anything you don't want to do. And mm-hmm. I've never wanted to. But in terms of self employment, yeah, like I felt like now was the time. And I'd been self employed before and I was a lot less secure then than I am now Mm. so before I went back to Stellar I was freelance for two years and it was quite lucrative in that you know I was always pitching I was always hustling Mm. I was always looking for money and I found myself writing things that I you know they're a bit soul destroying like 10 things you never knew about milk Um, (laughs) And look, I mean, that was for a very particular title and it paid me, so I can't slack it off. But I remember You're like, time, can you put anonymous as the, as the yeah. author of this one, please? Like, <laughs> like, am I really, is this really what I want to do with my life? Yeah. You know, you start, I, I'm very kind of existential. So I'm like, this is, you know, this is not what you see yourself doing. Mm. And I felt honestly, back then I was struggling with my mental health. I felt kind of hopeless. So when the stellar job came along, I was like, right, this will be what I do and this would be great. But this time around, I just feel a lot more prepared for being self-employed. I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I'd saved a lot. So, you know, the first few months when invoices aren't being paid, I had a cushion. And mm-hmm. um, My husband is so supportive and amazing. And we're just very lucky to be in a position where he was like, don't worry about it for a while go do your thing Mm -hmm. like. and I mean nothing pays amazing anymore (laughs) that I do professionally like writing doesn't pay you know amazingly well but I'm really lucky I have a weekly column in the Sunday Times that's like a pop culture kind of nostalgia column Mm -hmm. which I love Mm -hmm. and it just flies out of me every week it's brilliant and then I do bits and bobs I do some consulting on the side with brands Mm -hmm. which is using all of my expertise from you know 15 years in the media to Mm -hmm. really like put brands especially new brands in the kind of best position before they go and hire like you know a marketing team or a PR team I'm helping them kind of get going like, okay. and that's, I love doing that which is really surprising to yeah. me because that was something I never thought I'd be doing yeah. um, and, your, When you're MD you're managing some yeah, different things. Yeah, it's all business you yeah. know and I know through that job I've met so many amazing inspirational female entrepreneurs yeah. so yeah feel, that feels like a really good thing that I'm doing and I'm, I do a bit of consulting for Hey You which is my, you know, where my beloved housewives live mm-hmm. <laughs> and that just feels really natural and Exciting for me, and then the book as well. So I love seeing your updates on like pop. Culture and stuff because I'm kind of into that. Stuff yeah, it's fun. Too, and you're over in LA recently. Yes, so I was researching the book for mm-hmm. two weeks, which was absolutely did you do to amazing. Research? Just honestly, you just have to be there and soak it all up. Like I need to know that if I'm talking about a bar that you know I'm talking about the right one, okay, in the book, or yeah. if I'm talking about like a hot spot where they go and exercise, I need to know. Like I just needed to feel the vibes. It sounds so ridiculous, but if you're going to write a book that's two thirds set in a, a different country, I feel like you have to go and experience that country in order for it to ring true to people. Yes, it's fun research it was so fun it was the most fun we went to Palm Springs like we we had an absolute ball but it was all in the name of book research like you know I wanted to know what they were eating over there all they eat over there now is truffle like every restaurant stinks of truffle I'm like lads you're about five years behind (laughs) in terms of cuisine Um, I wanted to know what the cool drinks were like where you know the cool gay guys hang out like stuff like that Would you ever move there? Do you know what? I'm really open to whatever when it comes to like California or New York. Joe's job might take my husband, might take us to the States at some point. What and does I'm he like, do? he works in tech. Oh, okay. Very complicated. <laughs> Having a clue. Oh. <laughs> Listen to him for two and a half years at home. Still don't really know what he does. Yeah. It involves migration and the cloud okay. and deploying. Nobody assets. understands the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody understands the cloud. And he's brilliant at what he does. Like, he wins all these awards and he's a super nerd and he like speaks at conferences and stuff. I'm so proud of him. But I feel like we're actually going to Seattle. Uh, He has a nerd conference and I'm just going to write a travel feature.
0: Lovely.
1: Yeah, travel features are great crack as well but again, I like doing them on my own terms so I like organising them myself and then pitching it around and seeing if anybody wants it because if I'm going to a new city I want to know what people like me want to do there yeah. so I'm Starbucks happy. was founded there I'm going to the Starbucks roastery oh. Starbucks is, I'm so basic I love Starbucks so I'm like there's just there's loads of there's a museum of pop culture there you know it yeah. just seems like my kind of town so um, yeah I forget what you even asked me I'm just waxing lyrical about America would I live there yes I would but for a brief time I think in with New York I want to live there as a rich old lady yeah <laughs> you want to be super super rich yeah yeah. And I'm like 70, if I've, you know, made made a fortune, I want to go and live on the Upper East Side or Upper West Side. Three and years in. since I moved back. Is it? Yeah. yeah and I was, how did you find it? Like living, it, living there. there? yeah.
0: Like I loved getting set up. It was so much fun. Like, and I was so free. Like, you know, I was... I only I had with, watching you decorate. <laughs> I, had so, I had no one to worry about but myself. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Yeah. And it was so much fun and I put so much time and in planning into it. But the reality of living there... It's hard, like it's lonely. Totally. And it's a different lifestyle to here. I feel like we're a lot more chilled. Yeah. Even though it doesn't always feel like that, we are more chilled and people would walk over you there. Do you know that yeah. kind of way?
1: It's yeah, like a, yeah. It's very, like, people come and go. Whereas here, I think we value each other a lot more. We do. There's much more of a sense of community in in Ireland. I think even, like, Dublin and London are so different. Yeah. In terms of the media industry, the influencing industry. And New York and LA are so different. Like, LA, they're almost too laid back. I was like, will will you shake a tail there making my drink? Like, they're literally just, you know, like a sloth behind the bar. I'm just like, dude, do you want your tip? Mm. You know, it's wild. I think if, if I was... What I mean by I want to be a rich old lady living there is that I... You know, I don't necessarily want to go into the doggy dog world of media no, I don't over want to be there. Chasing around, yeah, yeah. Like I'd like to retire there <laughs> and be Nora Ephron. That's my goal. I live know. my best Nora Ephron life in New York. I know. Yeah, like literally live the housewives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Without having to like last. fight with people on camera, that would be bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what's next for you after you finish your book? Do you Have you thought that far ahead?
1: I mean, I hope to do another one. Yeah. Like that's, You've loved it. You've loved the process. Oh, I've loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like some people I think really, um, you know, they kind of overthink things. One of my, my only superpower is that I'm quite fast with stuff, right? Mm. So I'll sit down and I'll write, even if it's shit and I have to throw it out the next day, I'm good at like just getting stuff out. And I also love a deadline. Like I've been, I was an editor for 15 years. Like I, I love a deadline. So, yeah I really really enjoyed the process and it's been really quick which is amazing but I think that was because I'd been thinking about the book for so long and I had a full outline before I sat down to write so I knew what was going to happen in every chapter When are you hoping to launch? So that's up to Penguin So I just finished my first draft I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks finessing and tinkering with it then I'm going to send it in Mm-hmm. and then I presume they'll come back with changes and you know suggestions and it's a very collaborative process I ha- I do know that like the editors kind of have my back from day one like even when it was just an idea um, and then I don't know I think they said with the debut author they like to get proof copies out really early so like 8 months in advance So who will they send those to? They'll go to you and the, they'll go to journalists and they'll yeah. go to other authors and then they'll ask other authors like Marion like Louise O'Neill people I know to give quotes for yeah, the book yeah, 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 for the yeah. cover and stuff mm-hmm. like that that it's a real it is a real community it's really nice and it's interesting because I've worked on the other side of it for so long I've been the one promoting people's books mm-hmm. so now I hope that people will promote mine by, yeah, of course. so yeah hopefully I think it'll be out in early 24 Okay. It could be earlier kind of but I doubt it they have this year kind of I don't think they're expecting me to write it so quick but they have this year kind of nailed down We spoke to Sarah Knight recently yes. on the
0: podcast you know Sarah Knight yeah, uh, yeah. the no fucks given Yeah. and she was amazing she was similar to you in that she was an editor but for books Yes. and she edited like the likes of Gone Girl and like all amazing. amazing hugely successful books. Yeah. she was so successful in what she did and you know, it was obviously she burnt out, of money. didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was having like panic attacks and yeah. was just done. And she's so happy now. She's living in the Dominican Republic, living her best nice.
1: life. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. I think you just get to a point where for me it wasn't like a, a mental sometimes people take burnout negatively. It was just a case of being done. And I think it's like the year of people walking away from jobs that they love, like Law Roach, the stylist as well. Mm-hmm. Because they're not making them happy anymore. They're not yeah. serving them in that way. And I mean, a lot of people I think thought that I'd write nonfiction. Because mm. I've been a journalist for so long, but I had zero interest in writing nonfiction. It was all fiction for me. Yeah. And that's quite Rare. I don't know if there's that many new Irish fiction authors every year. So, Penguin are really behind me and they really want to give it a push. And I very much hope that they want a second one from me and a third and a fourth and a tenth. But, like, I'd love to, you know, I want to write a TV show. Oh I goodness. want to write a movie. I want to write. You've done t- your research anyway. Oh, absolutely. Well- yeah. <laughs> I want to write a rom com. Like, I have massive ambition. And when I met my agent, Faith, for the first time recently, she's a literary agent. But I said, well, you know, Faith, I'm all go. This is what I want to do. And she was a bit like, whoa, they're horsey. Like, write the book. Yeah and see how you get on and see if it's well received because you just never know. You know, people might think it's fluff. Some people might think it's funny. Some people might think it's just, you know, a beach read or whatever. And that's fine. I just, I felt like it was something I had to do and I've done it and I've loved the process and I hope I get the opportunity to do it again and again.
0: Well, I can't <laughs> wait to read it. And thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing all the inside secrets. Thank you love so them. much. And yeah, best of luck with everything. Thanks, Louise big thanks to Vicky for joining us for the chat today. It's always great to take a look behind the scenes and learn a little more about something we're all familiar with, like those glossy magazines. You can listen back to more great episodes of Open Book on The Go Out Player. And we have a new episode released each Wednesday. But if you can't wait, check out the bonus episode on Monday.